With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Landing? No, babe. Look in landing. All right. Please forget that ever happened. <laughs> My name is Matthew Robertson. This is the Lookout Landing Podcast. And I am overjoyed, thrilled, elated to be joined by my friend Eric Sanford, a.k.a. Sanford and Son, a.k.a. E-40, a.k.a. Uh, Eric B. for President, yes. a.k.a. Eric, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, Dad Niehaus. <laughs> What's up, wow. man? Thank you. Uh, not much. Glad to be here in the illustrious recording studio. Oh yes, of the LL Podcast. Yeah. Um, if you could uh, turn the music off my headphones, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, y'all can't see it, but we're actually in uh, a very large boardroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a chandelier above us. Mm-hmm. We're each drinking champagne, and there's yes. acrylic yes. paintings of each of us on the walls. <laughs> it's very opulent. Thank you, Vox Media, for setting this up. Yeah. But uh, it. I really am. This is great because we. For the listeners at home to pull back the curtain a little bit, we never really do these in person. It's usually done remotely. So to be able to actually talk to a person who is here yes. in real life in front of my face makes this much more humanizing. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's a better for the overall podcast experience and when you can do it. I mean, obviously we have we got folks spread out all over the country. We got our New York correspondent Cooperstown over there, John. Yes. So you know, who bailed on us? <laughs> we gotta gotta get his insight. We so, do. Yeah, I think too. It's uh, it's perfect because we don't have to do the like. Oh, what? Uh, no, right. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I know how to read your facial cues. I think to know when it's my turn to talk. Yeah, and plus, since you've taken over the the podcast or kind of become the the point person for it, um, you, I, I've noticed that you because I'm a I'm an avid listener. I'll, I'll Thank you. Yeah. That, um, as as a. As a staffer, as a as a somewhat editor, I gotta keep up with the what's going on on the site, to keep up with the content. So uh, yeah, Matthew does an awesome job of. Uh, I've noticed you've gotten better at not talking over people um, when you guys do the the kind of three way um, podcast because you you really you you'll, you'll give it a good weight you know of like a, a weight a good beat before you yeah start in. I do but do that. It makes right. it, it makes it it makes it hard to kind of riff off each other though. Like make, yeah, make, make jokes, which you know is your. Your bread and butter. We're relying on talent a lot, which <laughs> shout out to Kate and John who yep. uh, have big things coming bring, down the pike. They bring the knowledge. They do. I they're like I feel like I'm like Rick Rubin and they're Run and uh, DMC. Yeah, pretty That's much. That's the perfect uh, perfect analogy here. Um, yeah, before we get into it, we should introduce you more sure. uh, formally. You are yes. a writer for the site and 
Community engagement officer? Yeah. Is that your title? Yeah, I, Did I make you know, that up? I don't like the term officer. I prefer, <laughs> I prefer manager. Why well, like, went CEO? Community <laughs> engagement officer. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do community engagement, and part of that is that I do the weekly Fan Post Fridays Correct. Uh, postings every Friday. So, respond to those prompts, get on that. Um, or drop comments because I we re- we opened up the comment sections on those uh, in the last in the last year or so um, just to get more more people talking and sometimes it's not always a prompt that it, you know deserves a whole fan post so right. uh, I also run the Lookout Landing Facebook page and the Instagram when, whenever I can especially when I'm actually at games or, or uh, at the Aqua Sox games um, oh yeah I always like to do some. Uh, Instagram live videos while I'm there. Um, it's always fun, good time, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I, that's what I do, and also write you know recaps whenever, whenever I can. But yes, you know. really a, a utility man of Lookout Land. True, a real Dylan Moore. You are, you are a lot like Dylan Moore. <laughs> I've noticed that about you. I just didn't want to bring it up until you did, you know. But uh, also, perhaps most importantly, for the sake of this episode, uh, we are seated here in the illustrious boardroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the first week of spring training games, and you are yes. about to go in person to Arizona to watch this happen. Um, and you have done this how many times before? How many times have you been to Just spring once. training? Just oh, okay. Once. Yeah. Um, I went in 2016 uh, okay. with, with my, my wife and, and uh, two of our friends. And uh, it, it was like, wow, why didn't I do this before? It's, yeah. it's so much fun. Um, it, just like... Being able the access that you get to to the players and stuff there, and just the scale of it is much is much smaller and more intimate. Um, the weather is usually great. You know, you might, okay. you, you might catch you know random rainstorms or like you know it gets cold at night, of course, because it's still February <laughs> or, or March. Um, but over, overall, the weather is awesome, and of course, like for us poor pasty Northwesterners that are just like dying at this point in the winter, it's nice to get away to somewhere warm for for a few days and catch some some meaningless baseball sure yeah yeah i've been exactly zero times so everything that you say will make me 100 percent smarter (laughs) i do need to do it i uh i yeah yeah i should absolutely do it perhaps next year yeah now that i'm more of an established uh, adult i have actual (laughs) money to spend on frivolous baseball games in the desert right and i also want to catch up with some of the players the ones that would be willing to talk to us maybe exactly. maybe do a cast or two yeah now now that like we're you know the site in general and uh, you, you've increased your prospect knowledge for sure so and, like and 11 fold <laughs> you'd actually know like some of who some of the players are and like to get to yeah. chat with them and uh see you know know who they're calling in in the in the seventh eighth inning yeah and try to like get actual things out of them like this is no shade to anyone but uh today is Sunday the 23rd, uh, the Mariners played a spring training game on TV today, and they interviewed Sam Delaplane, and it was fairly obvious that Dave Sims was using the interview as an actual way to learn about Sam Delaplane, <laughs> rather than like researching him and asking questions about that. He was like, Sam, one of his questions was literally, tell us about what kind of pitcher you are. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> what, do you what do you do for the team? Yeah. What would oh, you say man. you do here, Sam? <laughs> That's amazing. So, like, obviously Dave Sims has, I think in the offseason he has, like, five other jobs. So I can yeah. understand how he wouldn't know who Sam Delaplane is. And stuff. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. We are the people who should be <laughs> talking to Sam Delaplane about, right. you know, his exploits down in Modesto and all that. And yeah, Root Sports, call us. We're yeah. available. Boy, we can we can talk to the prospects for you. We, can, we sure we can, can. We can do that dirty work. 
So, okay, what do you uh, what do you remember about the first time you went in 2016? Like, what was the number one thing that made you sort of go, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is incredible? Like you said, you like were wondering why you'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. What was it that made you realize how magical the Peoria Sports Complex is? Uh, so the first story that comes to mind is uh, it, we went there right during the last week of spring training, so things were wrapping up. And so uh, the roster was going to be announced pretty soon. So all, all the players that are kind of on the bubble are, you know, trying to work their asses off and, and, uh, and make it happen. And one of those was uh, Deho Lee, oh. who, um, as some, some readers may know, is a huge favorite of mine. Uh, I loved, him, loved watching him on the Mariners. And I was already, like, hyped on him at that point because, we, you know, in the offseason – we heard all about him and like you know watched all of his uh, NPB highlights and his and his KBO highlights, and so I was psyched to be able to see him in person like before the season started, and, and um, so I saw him get into a couple games, um, and then he, he didn't he didn't get uh, much of a chance to hit, and then it was the second to last game of, of the Cactus League. And we, we got there early to that one, and it was a home game in Peoria. And um, so we're, we're in the back fields, and I, got, I was watching, um, like, the A group of, of, of hitters, like, do batting practice. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, Cano, Cruz, uh, I think Cattell Marte was, was, was in that group at that yeah, time. Yeah, the guys who were going to make the big league yeah, team and, like, yeah. the, you know, the actual good hitters. Yeah, and Deo was, was in there, too. So it was, like, a lot of the guys that were, like, the, the big boppers. And, mm-hmm. and so... Um, so they, they all took their turns and everything, uh, and then they were done, and like pretty much everyone was was leaving because the game was starting in like less than an hour, and um, Dejo's like stayed and I, and he he like insisted on like doing more bag practice, like he was just hitting balls like for an extra good twenty minutes or so, just just going at it um, with coaches th- thrown to him, and. Um, so at, at that point, Scott Service and Jared Poto were still there, like watching. They're, they're, they've been hanging out and watching the, the BP and, and everything. And so at this point, there were way fewer people and players around there. So I like I got I crept up. I was all sneak, like lurking up there, getting as close as I could. Uh-huh. Like we're standing behind the fence where um, Scott and Jerry were, and I could kind of I could barely overhear what they were saying to each other. And at one point, um, I definitely heard like like clearly that. Um, uh, Jerry, Jerry was talking to Scott, and he's like, he's like, yep, these, this is this is it right here. You know, these are the guys that put in the extra work. They they deserve to to make the team. And then like two days later, they announced the roster, and he made the team. Wow. So like, I felt like I was like, whoa, I like got to like witness just a little little slice of something That's right the, that like you would never see otherwise. Well, and if you weren't there, who knows if Deho makes the team? <laughs> you know, it's like it's a wow. butterfly effect situation. Wow. You're not there. Maybe Deho's not there. There's a whole sort of snowball effect that could have happened. That's a solid point. I, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're welcome. Did you like just follow <laughs> Jerry Depoto and Scott around after that? Like, were you trying to get more intel? I, I definitely was. Yeah, I was like, I was like lurking. I was taking pictures, taking video of, of Deho and the other hitters uh, doing BP and everything. I was just like, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he was there seriously like ten feet away. It's like. Yeah. Like right there. Um, so, you know, that stuff, moments like that, I'm hoping to, to, to catch some more stuff like that this year, um, especially with some of the highly touted prospects like Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick and, and everyone. Um, maybe catch some, some insight or some, I don't know, see them smash some 400-foot yeah. dingers. Well, the cool part to me seems like you'd be able to 
see things that like aren't going to be available anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. there's not TV obviously on batting practice on a backfield no, and there's really like not even clips, maybe. Yeah, yeah, if you get like a, a beat reporter doing Twitter right. videos or whatever. Right. Other than that, it's like you're as close as you can get to watching just like a practice, mm-hmm. like a closed door situation that they let yeah. fans into. And that was one of the things I was going to ask you about. It feels mm-hmm. like for a lot of people, the one of the main appeals of spring training is that access you get to the players. But I'm also wondering like what the approach to this is. Because I'm sure there's that weird feeling where you're like, I don't want to, like they're at work essentially. Totally. I don't want to impose. Yeah. You know, like It's hard to tell maybe sometimes. I would imagine if it's like, if this is a fan time or this is a, a not fan time. Right. Like, did you learn anything about like the do's and don'ts of approaching players? Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely witnessed some, you know, less than savory behavior <laughs> by, by fans, like stuff that like I wouldn't ever do just because I'm old and like you know, like right. like when you see when you see kids and stuff like, that are up there trying to get autographs, trying to get their attention. Like that's one thing. That's that's part of it. And like, and a lot of players like you know they they they'll give it up for the kids and, and stuff like that. Um, but but I saw I saw a lot of like old people like like 40 50 year olds like out there spe- like especially in the areas like there's a part there's you can stand next to the parking lot where all the players park Ooh. um and like and like as as they leave and stuff and like we I, I we were like walking by there and like i heard these people talk about like oh there's felix's car there's 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 nelly's car and stuff like yeah. that like they like knew what cars they drove and shit so and, yeah and, so, and like we're, we're trying to get autographs from them like as they were leaving you know, like, it's just like, come on, guys, like, and, and I've heard, I, you know, we've, we've heard stories about people doing that and stuff like, like, with, like, Griffey and people, like, leaving the kingdom and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. the parking lot was a lot more accessible back right, then than, right, right. than it is now at, at T-Mobile, but, like, I don't know, that, 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 that kind of stuff is kind of the darker side of that kind of, of that easy access that you have at, at spring training, because it invites people to it invites that kind of darker side of, of human behavior when it comes to celebrities quote totally. unquote, you know like the, of not just acting in a way that you wouldn't do to a normal person you wouldn't like barge in yeah. or try to like get their attention especially again because they're at work you right. never barge into someone's yeah. office obviously hey. like an extreme example but like Kyle 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 come yeah. on hook me up hook me up come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> especially like if it's on the way in too I could not imagine mm-hmm. you pull up you're like especially if it's a game day and you know yeah. maybe if you're also a prospect and you like actually have to not like they're all taking it seriously, but you right. have like there's more at stake for you in that spring training game than you have some random guy who's right. like, hey, whoa, 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 you know, like you sign this, do that. Like I would not be down for that. And it honestly like <laughs> get it, to work, bro. <laughs> yeah, it also does make me like respect professional athletes a little mm-hmm. more when you realize how much is being taken from them or how much people want to insert themselves in their life. Right. Like I would not. I don't even like that in my life, and no one is no one is checking for me the same way they are for. Yeah. Kyle Seeger, Mitch Hanniger, anything like that. Yeah, so it's 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 like I, I always just try to think about like you know like don't 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 cramp your style like play it cool if you like catch someone like outside of their their kind of outside of the baseball area around yeah. or like and when they're actually at the field or something like don't you know make a big deal out of it. Um, I mean like kids are gonna do what, what kids are gonna do and that's that, that's right. fine. But like if you're an adult like just like play it cool. You yeah, know? Like, they'll they'll appreciate it and and like you won't cause a scene so for someone like you and your fellow adults who are listening to this <laughs> like what would then would you say is the best time to approach for an autograph like is there like mm-hmm. a clear set time where it's like okay now this is where like it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like intrusive or weird to go up to them like it seems like anytime that they are walking there's like areas of the back fields that are like the 
kind of seem like designated areas up against the fence where a lot of the kind of autograph seekers will congregate. So mm-hmm. it's like if, if players are up around there, then they're kind of fair game. And uh, uh, erstwhile, LL or Ben Theon um, mm-hmm. would probably he, he's written about this at length. I think and yeah, had some things about if you, oh yeah, if you want to check out the. Uh, lookout landing spring training preview piece that we posted uh, last month. Um, I think Ben wrote wrote a whole section in there about the do's and don'ts of autograph seeking. So you can check that out because he he knows a lot more about it than I do because he's he was kind of actively into yeah. that. Um, so yeah, I'll check that out. I, I don't know a ton about it just because that's that's not really my, my thing. If I yeah if it if, if it if it, the opportunity presents itself and like there's not a ton of people and not like a ton of kids then then i'd go for it um right like I've, I've done that in the past at like the i was at the 2010 um season ticket holders appreciation night Whoa. thing you know incredible and uh actually my, my friend victor and i who i'm actually going down to arizona with for his bachelor party this this next week um is the reason I'm going. Um, we, we had we had a partial um, season ticket package that that's that fateful, um, yeah. unfortunate season. No need to talk about what happened. Just yeah. cut it off after the season ticket holder event. That's right, the right. the yearbook of 2010. Yeah, you can just remove all the pages <laughs> after Eric goes to season ticket holder event. Right, and and anyways, my story is that I, I, Felix was down there, and this was the year he won. He later got award, awarded the Cy Young, and so uh, he he was taking pictures with fans and signing stuff. So I got him to sign my glove, and we took took photos with him and stuff. And nice. He was he was mildly mildly friendly about it. Um, just just like he wasn't he wasn't a jerk or anything, but he was just like yeah okay yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you've never been then uh, with kids. With like trying to get autographs, like you've never been to spring training with your own kid. Oh no, no, she um she was not born yet um when we were there, um, and she's not coming to the bachelor party. I'm assuming no, she's not coming to the bachelor party. I think it might be a little too, little too wild for her. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> maybe, was, maybe when she's like ten or eleven. Sure. I was just wondering if you if there was any insight into traveling with kids or mm. what kids like at spring training. Oh like, man, you could guess if you want. I mean, yeah, just from my from my previous experience, I mean, it's got to be a blast. If you're if you're kid is old enough like five maybe five and above and to just like, understand what's happening to know yeah. what's going on and to be interested in baseball like it's like it, i imagine it's yeah. probably heaven for for kids that are in baseball like it's, <laughs> it's amazing yeah to me as a non-kid haver one of the things that does seem appealing is the ability to impart your taste on your kid mm-hmm. and spring training seems perfect for that oh, yeah. because it's like <laughs> You can, <laughs> right, but you can introduce them to baseball in a way that isn't, hey, there's 30,000 people here, and there's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's true. If you kind of ease into spring training, because that's also like vacation, so mm-hmm. it's like good vibes, you know, the kid's going to remember the vacation, mm-hmm. introduce spring training, get them an autograph, get a picture, whatever. Yeah. That to me seems like a really easy transition that's different than like we're in the 300 level at Safeco and they just see a bunch of dots on the field that's true that's a good point yeah it's a much yeah. much more uh, approachable scale to it right this has been parenting advice from Matthew <laughs> who does not have kids um, okay so let's uh, let's move away from the field then in the okay. in the spring training world because obviously like you're not spending 24 hours a day at the field right. you know usually there's a game or there's one thing you go to the field to see mm-hmm. and then you're just in Arizona in the uh <laughs> The greater Phoenix area, I guess, is Peoria like a suburb of Phoenix? Basically, yes. Like okay. I mean, it's it's its own city, as are all yeah. the other cities that have uh, spring training facilities. Scottsdale, right, uh, right, right. Glendale, Goodyear. Surprise! I know Surprise. that. Surprise! Yeah, yeah. yeah they, these these are all actual cities. Surprise! But, Arizona sounds like a punishment. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprise! You're in Arizona, <laughs> and here's Sun City. 
That's a Netflix. That's a place? Yeah, that's a place. Oh, they really mailed that one in. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's like primarily a, re- a retiree uh, kind, uh, of kind of destination place. I see. So. Sun City, baby. Um, so anyways, um, they're... Yeah, and so Phoenix is it's a just a giant grid of highways. Mm-hmm. Um, every place you want to go is like thirty to forty minutes away from each other, pretty much no, no matter what it seems like. It's it's very strange. Um, traffic can be kind of gnarly at times, but but um, not it wasn't terrible in my experience unless you were going somewhere during rush hour. Yeah, Dave Sims was complaining about that. <laughs> on the broadcast <laughs> yeah that would be of, of a major concern to him um and so there's there's some good food we can, I, I give some some uh, terrible food wrecks here um number one being chino bandito hell yeah which talk about it i have talked about uh, on the site before but it is a chinese mexican fusion um cuisine place say no more <laughs> was the on, most ambitious crossover it, event of all time it was on guy fieri's show Ooh. uh diners diners oh, was it dives diners drive-ins and dives how dare sorry. you oh, also it's fieri fieri that's how he said sorry, it I so know, i've tried to adopt that i tried and i blew it it's so. just so much funnier too <laughs> yeah knowing that at some point in his career when he was already famous you're yeah. like hey guys it's actually fieri like yeah. that's so funny to me but say it right okay yeah uh, so we, we went there and it's, it's, it's not as, I mean, it is as goofy as it sounds, but it's like, you can get a quesadilla with like General Tso's chicken in it, uh, I'm or into like that. Fri- fried, fried rice with uh, chili relleno and stuff like that. And so, uh, and you get these combo meals, every meal comes with a, uh, snickerdoodle. So it's just like really obvious stoner food. Sure. And I was going to so, say, it sounds like it should be on a college campus. Absolutely. But maybe yeah. also the players, I mean, some of them are college right? age and can right. just still eat like garbage and just <laughs> yeah. like. Go for like a twenty minute run the next day, and that would yep. be fine. Yep. So it's it's a it's a goofy little place, uh, you know, best for late night um, intoxicated eats. Probably. Is this in Peoria? Chino no, Bandito. It's in, no, it's in Phoenix. Okay. Like closer to to the downtown area, I think. The bright lights. Yeah. Do you have, yeah. Do you have any nightclub recommendations? <laughs> I do not. Like At this point, I'll, I looked on uh, on Yelp, and there's. Uh, Four Peaks Brewery is, is, has a location okay. there, which is kind of Arizona's uh, known craft craft brewery. Into that, um, there's there's a bunch of bars I saw and and uh, stuff like that. So are our listeners invited to your friend's bachelor party? I mean, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, at, cool. At, at me on Twitter <laughs> yeah. at Stanford. Eric will just drop uh, a pin and we'll have a bunch <laughs> of random people in Mariners gear. Show up at his friend's bachelor party at Chino Bandito. Hey, find me on uh, on the LL's uh, Instagram uh, feed. On oh, the, yeah, there you go. On the live video and be like, you know, hey, we're at, we're at uh, Shake Shack. Come on down. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Noted food and drink expert, Eric Sanford. I am a novice when it comes to, uh, to fine dining to the point where there was one instance recently where I thought that my poor consumption habits had given me gout. And oh. you helped ensure me that I did not have gout. <laughs> And in fact, my foot just hurt a little bit. <laughs> my, my expert medical opinion dis- yeah. dissuaded you of that? I think you were like, you probably don't have gout. I don't think that you are in the, in the demographic of people who get gout. And then, but my foot did really hurt. Yeah, that, that dreaded rich man's disease. Right? I know, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Eating Bullet too, dodged. Too many cold cuts, huh? 
Yeah, I don't know what it was. Maybe I might have actually like injured my foot. I'm very uh, so like socially and physically active, as you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You've seen me uh, tear it up in multiple yes. athletic arenas. I mean, you are you are quite athletic. Uh, Thanks, let's, let's take let's take a let's take a divergent into a, a wiffle ball zone here. Sure. Upcoming wiffle ball season starts in May. Oh yeah. Wolf. Talk about it. Yeah, our team, uh, the Cheryl Crows, mm-hmm. named by Matthew, of course, because all, all the good ideas. Well, named by Cheryl Crow. Well, I just made it in her image. Sure. He, he, he took that and, and, and ran with it. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're coming back for our second season. Um, and uh, I think um, even though we'll be down um, our, our Barry Bond slash Babe Ruth and John Troopin. Right. Um, we're, we've, we've got some new recruits, I think, and, you know, we'll... I think it'll be a get, good we'll trade for go. us. Yeah, getting rid of John to open up a roster spot for some other people who maybe are more hungry, you know, more willing to put in the effort that John True. bailed from yeah. midway through the season. Just, just An unprecedented Left move. us hanging after he was hitting, like, 800. Yeah, truly unbelievable, yeah. but we moved on. Uh, okay, I want to ask you a few more spring training specific yes. questions before we go to sort of the second half of this. Sure. Um, I have a, a genuine question that I don't know the answer to that I wanted to ask you. Okay. At spring training, like at the actual games, how chill are the ushers? Like if it's open in the front, can you just move down? Because the way I picture mm-hmm. it, like to me it seems like it should be kind of like a college baseball game where it's like essentially general admission mm-hmm. like if you get there first you deserve the best seat is it like that or do you have to actually like pay for a seat and kind of stay there the whole time uh yeah i'd say yes and no and this this is i'm mainly going to base my answer on my experience in peoria because uh-huh. at this point i've only been to one other stadium and that was the one in goodyear where the where cleveland and cincinnati play okay um and like it was pretty lax there um in terms of like we we just bought general admission tickets and and walked around the park um, so you can get a general admission. Like, oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. for like the hill and stuff. Don't, yeah, the berm. The berm. Yeah, sorry, the berm tickets, as they say, or or just GA. Um, and so th- those are that's definitely the way to go, in my opinion. And unless you're you're really, you, if you want to splurge a little bit, which is like it's like forty bucks for like a really good seat, like yeah. really good, like you know like. Five, ten rows back. And I feel like that could be worth it if you were by the dugout, oh, especially, yeah. like to be able to hear some of the stuff that they're saying. Oh, totally. Or if you're totally. between the dugout and like scouts and Jerry DePoto mm-hmm. and all that, you'd get a lot of just fly on the wall stuff. That'd totally. be really cool. Yeah, we so we, we bought nice tickets for one game last last time we went and it was a night game. So that, that was really cool. If you go if you <clears throat> if you get to go and, and they have a chance to go to a night game, which they only have a handful of, mm-hmm. definitely do it because like man, you get treated to just like an incredible sunset. Like, yeah, that sounds right really as the nice. game, right as the game is starting and and definitely gets a little chilly so you know you gotta bundle up uh, or bring bring a jacket for that but like the, the night games were really cool um plus you're not just like frying your ass off out there but right. but um so anyways the yeah so if you get a burn ticket you can go wherever out in, in, in on the the berm and in, in the ga sections um but uh yeah I, I i didn't i never tried to actually i didn't try to sneak into any like seats on those like day games that i went to in peoria so I don't really know how strict the ushers are. I imagine towards the end of the game, they're probably not really watching that that much. So, you know, you can you can uh, you can try your hand at that. But uh, I, I I remember at the Goodyear game that we went to by the like sixth inning, we went and sat down like on like the first base side, like toward, towards the back, but in like 
actual seats. So yeah, it's not it's not nearly as strict as, as they can be at, at T-Mobile. So I was gonna yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask about that because it's one of my many beefs I have <laughs> with the the ushers at T-Mobile are unbelievably strict. I just I don't know. It really can be. I as a person really struggle to relate to like hardcore rule followers. So like I just I butted heads with them so many times, especially like. I get it in the nicer seats, but in the bleachers, like, I truly oh, don't yeah. understand why they care. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, uh, on games that are, uh, you know, near sellouts, I get, like, they need to kind of maintain some sense of sure. order there, at least for the, fir- for the first half of the game, you know? But af- after that, it's like, who gives yeah. a shit, man? And they have, like, a weird ownership over their section. Like, mm-hmm. I, it is my right to defend section 325 or whatever some of them yeah yeah Yeah. not not all of them are like that like i've I've had uh many like good interactions with with ushers so it really just depends on the usher and also like how uh just like confident you are and going and sitting down somewhere that's my whole thing i won't stop (laughs) you know you have to don't give them a reason to ask for your ticket or anything you just gotta go for it you gotta look the part yeah yeah sounds like though we're due for an uprising a revolution if you will in this an election year it's time to eat the ushers oh man (laughs) (laughs) yes let's get it no it's not good no we we love everyone that's involved Having fun here on the internet. Yeah. So, so let's see. Uh, the games that we're going to well, I'm, I'm there this year, um, we're going to four games. Hopefully. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, first one against the uh, Diamondbacks at, the, sure. at their stadium. Might see some Mike Leake. Talking stick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, might, might see good old smoking Mike Leake. Yeah. Gotti's <clears throat> hero. Yeah. Catch him. That'd be a good time to ask for an autograph when he's taking one of his smoke breaks. True, Have true. Have him sign a pack of, uh, of Lucky Strike or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> have him sign my, my lighter or something that would be incredible that, uh, that'd be amazing he would be the kind of guy I think who would sign a lighter maybe not an actual pack of cigarettes but I think he would think it was funny oh yeah totally yeah <laughs> and so yeah we don't know for a fact if Mike Leake smokes in fact he probably does not I'm sure he doesn't as he is a professional athlete yeah as an athlete but, <laughs> but if there were a pitcher who smoked it would probably be. yeah anyways that, that's, that's just an old joke um, but uh uh, yeah, so we're seeing the Diamondbacks in Talking Stick, which I've never been to. I've heard it's pretty nice. Um, the tickets for that, for General Mission, were hell expensive, though. Really? Yeah, like with fees, it was like 30 bucks. You think that's because it's Arizona and there's actual Diamondbacks fans I there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is tough, though. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit. That's way too much for practice baseball. Yeah. And then we're going to see the Royals in Peoria. Oof. I'm stoked for that, just because... To, to be back in Peoria and to learn about the Royals, <laughs> <laughs> and then the the Cubs at Sloan Park, which is in Mesa, I think. Don't fact sure. check me. I absolutely um, won't. And I've never been there before. So I've, and um, many people, including Kate, have warned me of how crazy it gets there. So I bought my tickets ahead of time. Crazy that. how? Like we'll crazy, sell out? Crazy crowded? Yeah. Yeah, like, I think like, Cubs fans, notorious yeah, travelers, just a bunch of savages who yeah. will travel for. Any, any Cubs-related purpose, um, and so they, they packed that one out, it sounds like. So I got my GA tickets. They were like 24 with, with fees, which is still, this is the good stuff. still too much, but uh, it's, it's fine. Um, and then the, the last game is against the Rockies back in Peoria. And, for, and so in Peoria, the general admission tickets are only 12 bucks. Wow. Uh, maybe with, with a couple extra bucks for fees, but, but like, uh, so 
twelve dollars. That's like the right price for yeah for general admission practice baseball. That's right. right, right. That's that's like the the peak of what of what I'm willing to pay. How much are concessions? Are they also pretty reasonable? Um, in my recollection, they're pretty normal. Um, baseball not like stadium prices. They're not. Yeah. They're, it's, maybe it's a little bit cheaper, but not not like no. Whoa, what yeah. a deal! <laughs> right. Or no moments you're like, wow, that's way too expensive. No, no, not not really. Um, and uh, I'm. I'm yeah, so I think most beers are probably like five to seven, maybe maybe more if it's a if it's a fancier one on tap. But so it's it's a overall it's it's a more cost effective experience, but still like there's certain things about it that you're like oh that that feels like that should be cheaper for a yeah. practice baseball game. Well, if they realize that they can monetize spring training a little more, I think that's going to be hmm. a dangerous dangerous yeah. thing for fans. <laughs> yeah, because it does seem like it's one of the last sort of pillars of like purity in baseball mm-hmm. you know oh, but, oh i mean besides the minors that they're trying to contract exactly yeah like they're really they have their fingers on everything that is like cheap and uh-huh. pure and not you know like corporate and sanitized right and now i know I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't lead to like you know spring training jerseys with sponsor patches or things like that <laughs> yeah yeah they, well the they, they do uh, they go all out in the uh, the team stores there in terms of like making spring training specific Stuff like mm. you know, it's all about the Cactus League imagery and like everything. Yeah, is, is, that could be fun. Has, has uh, Arizona kind of stuff on it, and and uh, you know you can only get it there. So that's that, that's kind of cool. And, yeah. And at myself as a uh, uniform Mariners or uniform and baseball aesthetics nerd, sure, I get I get into some of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I might I might even might even try to splurge on one of those dumb new hats this year. Even though oh awful. yeah, I mean. The M logo is one thing. The one that they switched to last year because they got they got away from the trident with the yeah. with the teal teal brims and everything, which I which I thought was a great look. I think it looks great, but I think it's also hilarious that to me it speaks to how influential the Mariners online community uh-huh. is. Everyone talking about the curse, I yep. think, is the only reason it's, why they got rid of that they hat. Totally caved. Yeah, yeah they're like, okay, we we can't do this yeah. anymore. Like, we, Especially if it led to like a decrease in revenue. Like if right. it was enough of a groundswell that they were losing money, like that. Good job, everyone out there. That's incredible. <laughs> That's we influenced question. real doings with the club. I wonder if it, if it, if if that was a, a reason why they changed it all because I mean, yeah. it seemed like the teal brim um, uh, trident hats were, were really popular. I love. I those. see them everywhere still. Yeah, and, and so I, I think it was a big seller. But I think I mean both just like. It probably has to do with the timing of rebrands with New Era, too, when, yeah. when they're like, okay, we're changing the hat again this year in terms of the layout of the logos and shit, so, like, you should do something new, too, and so, you know, most of the teams do change it up whenever there's, like, a major kind of hat-style rebrand that New Era does. Yeah. I'm jealous, though, because I love, one of my favorite things about sports memorabilia is, like, getting stuff that is only available in one place like cactus league gear like stuff that's only at spring training as i was uh earlier this weekend actually a couple days ago me and a couple of the boys went to portland (laughs) for a blazers pelicans game nice yeah i went and saw zion williamson in person who is incredible but we were at like a uh, a thrift store in portland the day after and i saw something that was very of a time and place that i'm sure you'll remember which was a portland trailblazer shirt with the tasmanian devil on it dunking super hard and i want to bring back looney tunes gear i think that had to have been right after space jam right like the looney tunes were just all over gear. like i've seen a lot of like like a big thing that i'm sure is still happening on college campuses and 
music festivals everywhere is the Toon Squad jersey. Mm. Those have had a complete revival, and it's like yeah. 25 years since Space Jam came out. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah. still popular. So I think we oh, need yeah. to do the whole, like, make retro in again, kind of like the chunky filas mm-hmm. or the, mm-hmm. the acid wash jeans, and bring back Looney Tunes sports gear. Yeah, I want a shirt that, that has uh, Taz and Bugs exactly. you know, wearing wearing a jersey and jeans backwards, like crisscross, yeah. <laughs> but with a Mariner's jersey. Like, that's, right. that's, that's, that's what I want. What if, on, yeah. On XXL tall tee. I think we're onto something here also <laughs> with Taz and Bugs, maybe a Jared and Julio situation. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. yeah. We need to think of a nickname. I'm putting it upon ourselves to give Jared and Julio a nickname. Hmm. Not right now, but we've already started White Claw, which is sweeping the nation. <laughs> a nickname for Evan just White. Just like the drink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, catches, I, it just catches on. It's called the Zeitgeist. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um, <laughs> please please add us with your, your, your picks for uh, a, a nickname for the Jared, Jared and Julio combo yeah this is a collaborative we don't want to feel like we're talking at you uh please help us market jared and julio in a way that will also make me personally more money (laughs) hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Eric, uh, you, as you said, are our number one listener, probably the man <laughs> leading all of our engagement on the know. podcast. So as you know, obviously, all offseason we've been doing conversations with people about how they became Mariners fans, mm-hmm. um, digging into sort of the reasons why not only people decided to support the Mariners, but I think, more interestingly, why they choose to continue to do it, despite, mm-hmm. you know, everything. All of, all <laughs> Just, of gestures at entire Mariners. Yeah. Uh, or... Well, and for a lot of people, not to get too into it already, but, like, it's our entire life for a lot of people. People my age have very fuzzy memories of the Mariners being good at best. And then, recently, it's the whole theme is, like, they almost did it. Mm-hmm. But you, not to give away, you know age or anything or any sort of mm-hmm. inclinations into your uh, your personal life you have been around for I think the good the bad the good the bad like the whole sort of sine wave of Mariner fandom yeah so I want to know first what that's done to you as a person that's I think the thing I'm most interested in as someone okay. who was so invested from a young age and then got into it as like a, a content person who has to follow the team mm-hmm. a little more objectively mm-hmm. um, what that did and then also if you want to talk about Sort of your your origin story. Sure. Uh, the floor is yours to do that sure. as well. Okay. Yeah, that's that's been the most fascinating thing about your this series, though the Why I'm a Mariners fan series that you've been doing with people, is especially the the folks that came to the Mariners either like post 2010 or like just came to it on their own, like didn't didn't grow up with the game or their their parents were not into it and they just found it on their own. Yeah, that's been really fascinating to me to to hear them talk about that because. They, you know, even though the team has been mostly bad for however long they've been following them, they still derive some sense of joy from from the game and from and from the Mariners. Um, it, just whether it's like they were obsessed with Brendan Ryan or something, and, and yeah. that, that that just that was their entry point, you know, and, and that was their guy, and, and it just it just continued for them. So so that's that's been really cool to hear about that, um, j- just because. 
I, I think about it from my perspective as, as someone, like you said, who's who actually experienced the good times. Um, and those are the, that's what I cling to as to some of the reasons why, why I continue to be, to be a fan and follow the team so closely. Because I can, I can think back on, on some of those handful of like incredible moments. Um, and so that, that's, that's been the coolest part of this series is hearing other people's stories, even if they don't have those, like that, those 1995 moments to cling to mm-hmm. or 2001, like they're still like, Oh, I'm still, you know, I'm down for it. You know, this is, this is, this is what I like about baseball. And that's what I like about Mariners. So that's been really cool. Um, as far as, yeah. So I'm 36. Um, Congrats. <laughs> I have, uh, been, been around, um, the Mariners for a long time now, it feels like. Um, and, uh, so my my dad, um, my and my and my mom were both from Maryland, and they came out here when my dad was drafted in the army during Vietnam, and was stationed at, at Madigan Hospital, and uh, they decided they liked it better out here in the Northwest, uh, no humidity and all that, yeah. and so decided to, to stay out here and start a family out out here. Um, Interesting. And my dad was he grew up uh, as a huge Washington Senators fan. Um, and then that team moved away twice, you know, while he yeah. was a kid. I actually won. didn't know the twice part until the Nationals won the World Series, and right. that story kept getting replicated. Yeah. I didn't know that it was like a, they had a team left, got a new team. They also left. <laughs> That's horrible. Left. Isn't yeah. that fucked up? Yeah. I, I still can't believe that. And, and it was for, for not good reasons, too. Right. Yeah, like, it was like because the owner was racist, basically. I did know that, yeah. Yeah, didn't want black people coming to Senators games because they were in a, in a cheaper part of town. Right, Chocolate City, maybe. Yeah, so anyways, um, so he didn't he didn't really have a team because um, he, he was past the point of, like, you know, getting into the Orioles or anything like that. Sure, and that feels um, like, for some people, that feels very phony. Totally, totally, yeah. For some people, it's like, no, that's not an option. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so when they came out here, um, it, was in the, it was in the early 70s, and then by the time the Mariners started in uh, 77, um, they... Um, yeah, so my dad, my dad worked for MBBJ, which is an architectural firm um, that designed Safeco Field. Oh, wow. Um, and also um, also finished the work on the kingdom when it was being designed. That's awesome. I didn't and know that. And so he, he's always, he always had a connection, kind of an in with, with, with getting tickets to, to the games because of that. Um, and so I, I grew up with, you know, I was very, very lucky to have such easy access to, to going to Mariners games. Even even when they were terrible, you know. So because mm-hmm. I mean that was that was always the thing. Like when they were in the kingdom, it's like he's he's like yeah we we all we have season tickets. We can barely give them away, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. So like so we went to a lot of games um, in the kingdom, and then in, so and, what era is this then when you're going so, to the most shitty Mariners games? Mm, okay, so yeah, let's 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 start with one of my f- earliest fuzziest memories, which I, I I barely I really don't remember this, but I've heard the story enough yeah. times. Uh, was Randy? We went to the game where Randy Johnson threw his, his no hitter. Oh wow! In 1990. Okay. So, so you're how old? I, I was like six. Okay. Yeah. Um. And and I don't really remember it. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Part of that was because I I got I was sick at the uh-huh. I, I, they had tickets and they went and I was either under the weather already or became sick at the game, and so we left, um, bef- like in the fifth or sixth inning or something like that. And my dad was like, uh, he's kind of throwing a no hitter here. <laughs> Sure, sure. I leave. My mom's like, oh yeah, he's sick. We gotta go. You know, as you know, as any responsible parent would. Um, sure. So, 
we were there, um, and then but we missed his his, his no hitter. So um, you know, wow. Always always stay till the end if you can. But you know, good that, advice. That's something. That's something that you know, in my twenties and my early thirties, I really always tried to stick to that. Just like, like, yeah. But then once you have a kid, your your priorities change. I'm totally the same way. I will leave <laughs> if the Mariners are down by like eight. But if sure. it's just like a game and I have nothing else to do and it's just boring, I'm like, what would I be doing yeah. at home that's I'm better here. than this? Yeah, yeah, I paid for it. I'm here. I might as well just hang yeah. out. Yeah. We had one of those last year. Me and a couple of friends are at a Mariners-Padres game. Mm-hmm. And the Padres pitcher, who I don't even remember who they were, had a no-hitter like into the seventh. Mm-hmm. And then when it ended, we were like, well, should we go? And then we kind of looked at each other and we're like, no. Like... <laughs> We're going to watch these random guys. Like, I mean, the Padres had, like, Tatis and Machado. So, like, we'll watch their at-bats. And then after that, maybe get another beer and then just sit outside. Like, it's yeah. better than the alternative most of the time if you most don't have time. real responsibilities to yeah. get to. If, you don't, if there's nothing else going on, then why, why not write it out? Uh, so, so, but then my, my first memory, actual like, game that I remember well was going to the kingdom was, was uh, I think it was in 1991. Um, in, in uh, early spring, so like early season, and mm. my dad came and picked me up from school. Took me out of school, That's which such like a tight move. He, yeah. he worked in Seattle. We we go, we lived in Edgewood, which is down by Puyallup, so it's like a forty minute drive at least. Um, he he went to work. He came back, picked me up from school, took me out of school, which you know I felt like king shit. You know, right? I thought, I was, thought, thought I was the coolest ever, um, and and took me back to the to a matinee game. At the Kingdom, and like, I, and I remember it was a matinee just because like it was so bright. It was like bright, sunny spring day, and then yeah. you go inside, and it's so dark and dank in the Kingdom. Yeah, and man, like, that was such like a visceral experience. Yeah, and I don't know that at all. I mean, I've been yeah. to Safeco where the roof was closed, but that mm. you still see <laughs> outside. Daylight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, that's just me. Like the only thing I can think of is like a movie theater or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of like completely that. shut off from the outside world. Have you ever been to uh, Pacific Science Center? Like, uh, like the, yeah, uh, the laser the dome. laser dome. Oh, yeah, who are you talking to? It, it, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like honestly, or it was like that. Uh-huh. Like, and they would have like laser light shows there, like after games in the in the eighties. Oh, I'd be into that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was real goofy. Um, so, so yeah, it's, so I, I've, uh, that's one of my earliest queer memories of going to the kingdom. That's actually really funny because I have a very similar story to that where my dad pulled me out of school, but for a way bigger game, this was 2000, uh, ALDS, oh, my yes. dad, similar thing. He worked in Seattle. Maybe he didn't go to work that day. I don't mm-hmm. know the logistics of it, but we were in Sammamish. He came to my class with like a hand broom with white socks tied around it because if the Mariners <laughs> won that game, they were going to sweep the white yeah. socks. And then they did. That was the Carlos Guillen right. walk-off bunt. Right. And I don't remember that part, obviously, because I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. But I remember for sure my dad showing up in my classroom with a broom and socks tied around it. <laughs> and I'm sure having to explain that to the teacher and some of the kids who didn't understand yeah. the meaning of that. But I remember thinking, like, A, this is awesome. I'm leaving school. And B, like, wow, my dad is a superhero. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. showing up and, like, heroically whisking me out of you know, the Born oppression school. of school, yeah, to go to a playoff game. Oh, a playoff game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so speaking of playoff games, I've been to one as well. And Is that the only one, only Mariners playoff game you've been I'm to? I'm fairly positive that we went to other, probably went to a, at least one ALCS game in 2000, but I don't remember. It. Okay. I remember the White Sox one because it was getting pulled Just, out of school. Yeah, that yeah. memorable experience. Yeah, yeah. so I've, I've only been to one Um 1997. It was the first game of the ALDS against the Orioles. Yeah, that's like the Mariners playoff run that no one ever talks about. Yeah, because 95 has everything. It was over real quick. Yeah, and then 2000 (laughs) it has the Roger Clemens, a bunch of strikeouts, and 2001 is obviously it's all 
a Mariners thing too. But '97 yeah. is like, and you can't really find a lot of videos of it either. Like it yeah. seems like it was very just gone. Yeah, well, the team was strange, and and like uh, our, our own Amanda Lane has wrote wrote extensively about the 1997 team uh, last off season. I think it was. Mm-hmm. So if you're familiar, or if you want to check that out, you should because she wrote some awesome stuff about it. Uh, because they hit a million home runs, they set the MLB record for home runs that season. Yeah, uh, which stood until recently when the Yankees until like Yankees, the juice ball era. Yeah, so if you're a purist, you can just claim that the Mariners yeah. still have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so they just hit a billion dingers. Had no pitching whatsoever, and their bullpen was terrible. It was just it was Randy Johnson and and uh, maybe Jeff Facero was there at the time. We have the power to find out. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> so like it was just like. If if they could if they scored you know ten or twelve runs they still might give up uh, eight or nine and, and you know pull off a win, um, but they they were just you know I thought they were awesome at the time I was like yeah. okay ninety five was amazing but this is it but they're doing it this year they they they're, they they they're just hitting the crap out of the ball Randy Johnson's amazing they're playing who, who are the Orioles. <laughs> Fuck the Orioles! Come on, yeah, you know, Mike Messina! Come on, get out of here, birds! Yeah, Mike Messina proceeded to outpitch uh, Randy Johnson in that game one, and then again um, in game three, um, it worked out that that Randy went again against Mike Messina again and lost again. Tough. So it was a three-game sweep. They were out, but my dad took me to that the game game one in the Kingdom, and I still have the ticket stub, and it was oh, that's it cool. was it was a, it was an awesome awesome experience, even though they lost. Yeah, you know, I was sad about that, but I mean I. I I, I didn't get to go to any of the 2001 playoff games just because it was just so expensive and just, yeah, just too yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, and and because uh, people don't remember this uh, for whatever, from either they weren't alive or just <laughs> don't remember in general. But when Safeco Field opened, like every game was a big deal. Like, yeah. yeah, it was like near sellouts for the first like two or three. And seasons. that I think has affected people more than we realize because for people my age, I'm 24, so my first memories of baseball are basically Safeco Field. In that era where every game was an event. Yeah. yeah. So then when that starts to fade away, like, I think to me it kind of makes sense why we have the, like, sort of lapse in Mariner fandom that's happened where people cool. aren't nearly as excited about it. Because then if you're going from basically 2004 to 2013, it's mm-hmm. not a fun place to be at all. No. I mean, if, if you're a huge baseball nerd, it's great, you know. It's yeah, still, it's but still it doesn't have the, stadium, the <laughs> event feel that it yeah, did when every game, game was sold out. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Also, I want to – the 97 Mariners, you're right. It was Randy Johnson and Jeff Facero, but Jamie Moyer was also good. Oh, he, he was – oh, that's right. That's he right. was yeah. he went 17-5 and five with a 386 hey, ERA. Shout but out then to Jamie. The number four starter, Bob Walcott, had a 603 Ooh. ERA, God, which is God. not good. Uh, and the bullpen had some guys. You have <laughs> – uh, Josias or Josias Manzanillo, the guy who got hit in the oh, balls. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that wow. guy was there. You have 43-year-old Dennis Martinez who was on right. the team. He That's had a right. 7-7-1 ERA in nine starts. <laughs> uh, so I guess he wasn't even a bullpen guy. He only cool. started. And then you also have uh, Derek Lowe, who they ended up oh, trading yeah. in one of the worst moves mm-hmm. ever. It sends Veritek and him mm-hmm. out. Um, but yeah, then like Norm Charlton and Ayala, extremely are washed Norm Charlton, like, seven twenty-seven like... ERA, <laughs> <laughs> and Ayala who was also. I also want to point out for anyone who is uh, at a computer, do not do this if you are driving. To look up the ninety-seven Mariners on BRF and look at Jay Buner's picture, my man looks high <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Just having a beer, huh? <laughs> he looks like he found out about Picture Day mid bong rip and had to put on his jersey. <laughs> 
also uh, Joey Cora there with his hat like hat all the way up on yeah. top of, on top of his forehead like Daniel Bogobach style. They need to do at least one <laughs> game a year with those hats. Oh, the silver brim hats. Yeah, yeah that was when when like I became, when I was a teenager like I I didn't have like a Mariners hat for a long time because I was like kind of thought I was too cool for baseball for a while. Uh-huh, yeah, um, but I remember I. I bought my first like fitted new era hat in a while and it was the silver brim uh, Mariners hat and I, nice. I, I really like that one yeah the Mariners have way too many throwback options to not be using them exactly they do like Should one a year up. with the the trident 70s one mm-hmm. and that's basically it like they really don't ever wear the the like 80s the one that Griffey debuted in you well, know so, what I mean? so they they, t- they do the one turn back the clock night of the year and they always they do a different uniform each time like, uh, like this see. past season I think it was the it was the early 90s yellow S one which is yeah. my, my personal favorite yeah I like those jerseys a lot and yeah. they never well, wear them yeah I wish yeah. they I wish they would keep that just like in the rotation like exactly as, as like just a you know yeah. Twice, a, once every month, and that's coming throwback. back. The Phillies, I know for sure, do that where they wear yeah. their powder blue yeah. '80s throwbacks. Like it seems like once a week. I could yeah. be wrong about that, but yeah. they wear them a lot. More team, more teams should do that, and it'd be, it'd be extra dope if the Mariners brought well, back. Well, and the, you can uh, make money if you do that. Right, like, that's yeah, the part that doesn't make any sense. You could if you wear them, you can sell them. Yeah. <laughs> If the Mariners brought back the, uh, the the road powder blue unis from the seventies, those those were always dope. Yeah, uh, you don't you don't see those very often um, okay. unless they're on the road for another team's throw, turn back the clock night. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell I'll tell one more story of, of my Mariners fandom youth, just because. Please. You've had you've had many people on the show, many uh, old white dudes like myself who have <laughs> have pretty much told the same stories. Uh, you know, shout out to like Brian Floyd and stuff. I thought he was thought he was great on, on the pod. Yeah, and um, by the way, that's no one's fault. No, if you're a certain not. age and you grew up here, obviously you're gonna be like, I loved Griffey and I loved Dave Niehaus, yes. so I love the Mariners. Exactly. Like, yeah, because and that, that's that's the reason why uh, I, I get the uh, the exhaustion with the nostalgia that people that people yeah. often have about the Mariners. But it's like if you were the, if you were there and went through that, like it was it was like literally the coolest experience yeah. well i think too we've kind of beaten this to the ground and like it's come up very often naturally but i think it's exactly what's happening with the seahawks for the younger generation now where you see right. kids any time of year wearing seahawks gear and exactly. like, they care about the seahawks a million times more than the mariners just because they were born at a time when the seahawks were in the playoffs every year oh yeah any any kind of any kind of like a uh, communal experience where you watch a pivotal playoff game with a bunch of people or, yeah. or just any 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 viewing of it, it it creates this like uh, this incredible like bond with you and the team, and because of that memorable experience, yeah. especially it, if it's the first one, like the Mariners exactly. making a playoffs for the first time, first or the time Seahawks ever. winning their first yeah. championship, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like you can't you can't hold it against you know people for like clinging onto that because right. because it's 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 such like a transformative experience. And so on that note, the last last story I want to tell was um, uh, in 1995. Um, the, the magical season um, of, 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 of when um, they played game 163 against the Angels, the then California Angels. Right. A lot of people forget that. You know, no one is talking about this. <laughs> California erasure. The Angels are really good at not admitting that they play in Anaheim. Yeah, yeah. They just claim <laughs> they every, distance every, themselves from every Anaheim. little part yeah. of Los Angeles, yeah. uh, the entire state of California. Honestly, I think the California Angels is the best name they've had. I, I don't agree. understand. I agree. Like, if they want to not be the Anaheim Angels, they should be California. Yeah, yeah. It just it rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. You know? and, they, and they had cooler jerseys back they then. They did. Anyways, uh, so it was game 163. 
I am in the beginning of sixth grade at that point. Okay. So just like a very like memorable age in general. And and um, that game was played in the middle of the day. And uh, I remember um, the latter. So like from one o'clock in the afternoon on, they let my, like the entire school into a little like a little auditorium at Northwood Elementary School. Shout out to Northwood, all my Edgewood, Edgewood homies. Gang gang. Um, <laughs> They let us into into um, they call it the pit because it had like um, they opened up the pit they opened up the pit because <laughs> <laughs> it had tiered uh, tiered seating and stuff and rolled in the giant TV on the on the huge crate you know I know I yeah. know the rolling TV. oh yeah the rolling TV to me that signified <laughs> that we were gonna watch Bill Nye the Science Guy exactly yeah but this time they they just threw on the the Mariners pivotal game one sixty three and let like the whole school watch it for the rest of the oh, day that's so tight and like. Yeah, so it's exactly what you imagine. It's it's a bunch of fourth, fifth, sixth graders just like losing their minds at like every hit, every every yeah. like big moment, and it's it's just it's just absolutely burned into my brain uh, when Luis Soho got got the hit where the um, where the ball got stuck under the bullpen yeah. uh, <laughs> bench and everybody scored. You know, like that moment, like when because when that happened. It was clear, like okay, they're gonna win. Yeah, that's they're, the kind of dumb shit that only happens if you're destined to exactly. win. Exactly, they're gonna do it, and, and and like you know, Randy's still going strong. Yeah. this this lead will carry them. And man, like the entire school just like lost their minds. And, like, I bet. It was yeah. Just, it was like the craziest, coolest experience, and, and so like it was just unforgettable. And, and so being through that, like like that moment sticks out like stronger to me. Than actually than than game five of the ALDS against the Yankees. Right. I, I think I just watched that at home. Probably yeah, it's sports are so contextual. Like that. yeah, like it's yeah. very easy to forget big moments if you're by yourself. Exactly. Yeah, and and like I mean like obviously I remember it just because of the it, the highlights of it being shown a million million yeah, times. Yeah, but yeah. like it, it it was it was different just watching it at home with my, with with my folks than than like being with my peers at school at, at, on like a special occasion where they let us out of our classes and just got to uh-huh. watch this live event as it happened yeah like, wow man that was that was like i remember just like going on and be like the mariners won mom they did it they yeah let us watch the rest of the game it was so cool like it was, it was just that's so funny the coolest thing ever because i think <laughs> something that i realized about myself is i think one of the main reasons why i'm doing this and why i want i started writing about the mariners like i was doing it on like a personal blog that no one was reading when i was like 19 and 20. Shout out. Was it still there? Uh, yeah, it's still there somewhere. Uh, it was a blog spot joint. Mm. Uh, Sports Rhymes in Life. Hell yeah. But anyway, nice. I realize <laughs> I realize now, it's much clearer now, that I think I started doing that because for essentially the Cano era, we'll call it, mm. uh, 2014 to 2018, mm-hmm. I was in college for most of that, but in college in San Diego with not very many Mariners fans. Right. So I'd be watching all these games by myself and didn't really have anyone to talk to. I guess it was before I was part of Lookout Landing, obviously, mm-hmm. so I didn't know who you were or any of the other people mm-hmm. who read for the site were. So I had had all these thoughts about the manners and all these things that I wanted to express that I didn't have a way to, so I just started writing them. And I think if I was surrounded by other Mariners fans, or even if I went to college like at UW where I could have watched those games with mm-hmm. other people, yeah. it would have been such a different experience and like more of a communal thing than for me, what I will remember about the Cano era is like that was for me you know what mm-hmm. I mean like it feels like that was something that was I didn't really share with that many people because of just the circumstances right. of where I was living amongst 
apathetic San Diego people. <laughs> yeah. People who their brains just been fried by the sun and yeah. they, they kind of care about the Padres but not really. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You were you were like clinging on to, you know, a part a part of your of your home. Yeah. And it kind of was like an identity thing. Like this is yeah. unique to me now that I'm in San Diego that I can I had like a James Jones jersey. It's like literally the equivalent of like the band that no one's heard of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you're just like, yeah. all right, I'm fine. This flag. Yeah. If someone sees it and knows what it is, then, exactly. then we're gonna have a conversation. But like, yeah. No, I'm just I'm letting everybody know that I'm the coolest Mariners fan in San Diego right now. Probably was. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if there was any competition on that. Yeah, the the community are like wanting to reach out to try to. See, experience more community like that so you started writing about it that that's the exact reason why i found lookout landing yeah because i i just moved back to seattle after um going to college in bellingham at western where i didn't i didn't pay that much attention to the team for a few for like four years like the like from 2003 to 2007 ish yeah good years to check (laughs) kind of checked out for a while just because i was more focused on college and playing in bands and just was like I, but I would I would still go to games whenever I came back down and to, it's hard to, to access too like I had MLB TV yeah. luckily but that's not a thing yeah and, that was not a thing back then yeah. well or at least not as not as easily available. mainstream yeah, yeah 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 and so um when I moved back down to Seattle is when I, I started uh, following the team much more closely again and when Griffey came back in 2009 uh, I was really excited um, mm-hmm. just because it was I was so heartbroken when he when he left for Cincinnati when I was a kid and it was just like well I know he's old but it's exciting that he's coming back and gonna try to yeah. finish his career here probably so I was looking for more uh, kind of interesting news sources than beyond beyond just the, the Seattle PI and Seattle Times and stuff like that um, and you know came across Lookout Landing and USS Mariner and and kind of and just never looked back in terms of like wow like this is this is an actual like online community of like of mariners and nerds who like get it they, they they understand like how rough it is like as yeah. a mariners fan for the most part of them losing all the time um but they all but it's also an incredibly smart um and funny community in terms of how how they talk about the team and I'm just, I'm very thankful to Kate for, for giving me a shot. And, um, and I think, um, when she brought you on, it was the beginning of 2018. Yeah. Like literally opening day. Yeah. 2018, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was, and like, you know, uh, I think, are you still her favorite on the staff? I think, I, I think, Oh uh, man. I mean, she said that many times about you. <laughs> well, <laughs> in that case, yes. If Kate said it, then obviously it must be true. I mean, Nat's kind of got the the new the, the new hotness because he's he's the, the, right. the, the young young, Flavor young, young gun on the staff. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I think I think Matthew has, has the staying power still. Well, so, anyways, <laughs> so anyways, so uh, anyways, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the arc of my fandom is from a kid that just that that like you know was onboarded by Griffey being the coolest fucking baseball player ever. Yeah. And, and the explosion of of baseball card culture in the late, mm, 80s, yeah. late, late 80s early 90s was a huge part of it for me to the team you know sucking but but having Griffey and Edgar and interesting players um Randy Johnson and, and then actually doing it and making the playoffs mm-hmm. that whole experience and, and and that sold me for life you know look at us now and then here we are in a boardroom <laughs> An exclusive boardroom, yeah. Podcasting about the 2020 Seattle Mariners. Yeah, I mean, when I find myself in times of trouble, mother <laughs> blogging comes to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think if anything, Lookout Landing has made my ability to write parody songs much, mm. much better. Yeah, that was just off the dome. I mean, if we 
if we actually work on that, I think we have another hit. Another to add, to add to this boardroom where you see all the gold records. Yes, the gold record for Thank You Mets. Yeah, which is actually an unreleased song. We still got a gold record for it, which I think is the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, it was, it was unprecedented. Yeah. Well, uh, Eric, this was a lot of fun. I can't let you go without you plugging yourself a little more. Mm. Tell the people where to find all your work on the, uh, on the World Wide Web. All right, let's see. So, you can find me on Lookout Landing. Uh, I still go by at Sanford and Son on the I love site. that. You're the only one who doesn't use their real name. It feels very, like, late 90s message board. It's me. It's, yeah. it's me, Eric Sanford. Um, I go by the same, same name on Twitter. Um, so, follow me on there. Uh, let's see. Like I said, follow, follow look at Lookout Landing um, Please. on, on uh, Instagram. Wait, I think it's... I think there's a dot in yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's at Lookout.Landing. Yes, that, that's that's what it is because there there have been other uh, other accounts yeah. in the past that we no longer have access to. <laughs> Listen, it happens. It happens, you know. Um, and uh, respond to the prompts on Fan Post Fridays, you cowards. You know, yeah, get, sometimes get, those get lead to there. people getting jobs too. Nick Stillman wrote a fan true. post and then was writing for the site until he was oppressed by fascist California, yeah, basically. Yeah, that, which is a bummer. Nick, we love you if you're listening. Nick Stillman was, uh, he was, he flew too close to the sun. Yeah, kind of like a flash in the pan. Almost like, a, I'm trying to think of, like a Michael Pineda, maybe? Mm, I'm trying to think yeah. of a Mariner's example. Rookie year, John Jaso, that one year where John he was Jaso. really good. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's that's Nick Stillman. He, he came, he blogged hard, and, blogged then, so and then hard. California said, whoa, whoa, whoa. No more freelancing. That's your you're blogging too hard, buddy. Yeah, and so uh, that's that's what happened. But uh, we lo- we love you, Nick, and hopefully you still stick around out there and drop into the comments and whatnot. Absolutely, and we love all of you. Uh, I am of course on Twitter at mrobertson22. Do everything that Eric said. Also follow us, read the site. We have real game recaps that are coming out yeah, for spring yeah, training. Yeah. Um, I don't know logistically how we're doing the non TV ones, but we'll figure something out. You know, the fun fact, real quick, to go back to the first game I recapped, this uh-huh. first spring training game, uh, was a no radio, no TV game. Oh, man. So like, you were just doing, like, box score? Yeah, I just was just coming up with nonsense just yeah. based off of the, uh, That's the MLB app, you know, and just off the box score and stuff. So it was against the Diamondbacks, and I just made I made a Simpsons joke about whacking day. That was, that was about it. Well, I don't know what that means, but it sounds hilarious. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, We're going to have more stuff, obviously. Keep your eye on this space, and uh, we will carry you into opening day and throughout as the Mariners uh, do whatever it is they're going to do. Follow the Miners. Follow the Miners. Follow the Miners. Catch up with Eric at spring training if you'll be there. Uh, You can find him at Chino Bandito, just (laughs) neck deep in snickerdoodles. Wearing a flaming uh, button-up shirt. Oh, yeah. Aquaman guy. Yes, yes, yes. Doing a Guy Fieri cosplay. And uh, like and subscribe, obviously, if you want to give us an iTunes rating, that would help us immensely. And until next week, bye. Bye.